Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, hello everybody, Brooklyn, welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest for a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <sighs> identity, culture, what we like to read, um. and <laughs> who we like to read, <laughs> Food for Thought. Brand new year, same tired queers. <laughs> uh, how's it going? I am Tommy Ateebs Pico, indigenous American poet, screenwriter, single and actively mingling, and uh, I'm in the New Yorker this week. Yeah. <laughs> Fully commissioned portrait of my mug. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. My sexuality is each according to their ability, but my gender is each according to their need. Aww. <laughs> That's cute. Love the somber. Like uh, <laughs> I'm pouring wine for one. everyone. She brings the somber. I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and I woke up in Los Angeles at 3.30 a.m. today to get here, so... <laughs> Yay. I will not be held responsible for anything that I say. Ooh, are you getting canceled today, Fran? I Man, hope so. I hope so, too. Hi, I'm Dennis Norris II, and yeah. I'm a reader and writer, a lapsed violist, and as you can see, I love a cold shoulder, but a warm top. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, bye. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Food for Thought's first annual Jellicle Ball. Yes. <laughs> Here we are, kitty oh cats. Did anybody, who, who saw that movie? Uh, oh my God, all three of you. Wow. <laughs> I... How many times did you saw it once? I saw it once. One time? Okay, I saw it twice. But Why? I, I was wasted. I also had to do it for work. So I had this other podcast called Scream Queen, and our first Scream Queen of the year is going to be Jennifer Hudson and Cats, because I'm treating it like I a mean, scary movie. Accurate. It's a terrifying movie. It's a horror. Yeah. For all yeah. intents and purposes, yeah. Do you know they actually gave it a character so it would have more plot? No. <laughs> I mean, there were... I admittedly did not watch this film sober, but, like, I... There were so many things that were so unhinged about the performances in this yeah. show. I mean, like, Rebel Wilson's was the most grotesque. Ooh, the cockroaches. Well, the no, co- she also was wearing a cat skin over her skin. Over, over she, like, There was a moment Billy. where Rebel Wilson unzips her cat skin to reveal another cat skin. <laughs> Jennifer Goodbye, Hudson did horses. not... Jennifer Hudson fully did not know what movie she was in. Because... <laughs> She was giving us full Anne Hathaway and Les Miserables, like, covered in snot. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I think, like, Jason Derulo knows where he's at. <laughs> oh, oh, Idris he just Elba fully had cat abs. It was a very horny movie. Ian McKellen also knew what movie he was in, and yes. it was disturbing. It yes. Was- <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I was just like wondering the entire time is like these cats like wandering around, like they have shoes on uh, and they have coats and shit like that, but nobody has a tissue for Jennifer Hudson's nose. <laughs> no, no. They don't they did. don't know that Kleenex exists. <laughs> and Jason Derulo is just mad that his dick was photoshopped out. Yes, like I mean they're about wait, so is anyone else hard? bored of Jason Derulo's dick though? Like I'm I'm bored. I'm just bored of the story. I'm bored. We're over it. <laughs> I which is a little off brand for me, but but it but it's true. I, so this is the thing. For the longest time, I was like, I refuse to see this movie because when Cats was the longest running show on Broadway, my sister worked in New York in theater and my parents, flew, she was like, you must fly Dennis out to New York now so that Dennis can see this show. And so I saw the show and I loved it. I was crying. I thought it was the most amazing you thing. You were crying? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I, I don't was understand crying, but why there's no horror. I was like, I don't understand why there's no plot, but I love this. It's like super cool. So I was like, I refuse to see this shit show of a movie. But then I saw Jason Derulo on the Kelly Clarkson show demonstrate the crawling and I was like I would like to be under that so I'm gonna see the movie yes I'm gonna see it the six degrees of separation of this answer is amazing (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile that is the the content of my nightmares so Jason Derulo that was another I mean the logic of the whole movie was very confusing because most of the cats walked on their hind legs which were human feet by the way Mm -hmm. very disconcerting but Jennifer Hudson was on all Force the, the whole entire time. time. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What? Did, were I you mean, giving like direction to this, night. or are you just committing to the character?" Like, <laughs> you know and it was listen, like, she's and then, an Oscar winner. But also, why? She was why do you, some of you have coats on? That was <laughs> that was also Judy Dench wearing a, a fur coat, and I was like, "Whose fur is that?" <laughs> All the actors were going for it so hard. None of them oh were in the same movie, but they were all very present. <laughs> okay, final note, Taylor Swift's British accent. <laughs> That's no, all. That's the tweet. No. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right, who wants to uh, hop on this menu tonight? Listen, you guys, so thank you so much for being here. We're so excited. It's, again, the first stop on our tour. Yes. We're going to bring you our Thought Classic Swipe Right, Swipe Left New mm. York edition. We're going to give you thoroughly unvetted advice, so seek one, two, three, seek a fifth opinion. <laughs> um, we're going to bring joy to the world, and for dessert, we're loving this journey that you're on. Mm. So, yeah, take it away. Who's take leading the away. game? Uh, I think it's time we start the top of this show the way any good top should, with a little tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our booshes, Joe has a little game. Oh, it's totally Fran. That's right. How dare you? (laughs) Um, We're playing Swipe Right, Swipe Left. Yes. And uh, we're doing the New York edition of this show. If you don't know, Tommy and I have recently relocated to Los Angeles. Yes, unfortunately. Um, the land so of idiots. We're fully a bico. <laughs> I, I know. One boo in the back. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone else is like, I want to move to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, it is January after all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, just a little treat for you guys. Swipe right, swipe left. By the way, swiping right is the good thing. Mm-hmm. And swiping left is like, oh, no thanks. To the left, to the left. Swipe right or swipe left. <laughs> Winter. <laughs> left. Yeah. Do you swipe left? Some people love winter. I hate it's winter. baffling to me. No. I think winter is a choice. And like I have yeah. opted out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to have a class analysis of that comment, Fran. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Unpack me. Oh, my Cancel God. Cancel me. I'm exhausted. If, if there's anything Fran wants tonight, it's to be packed. Um, what? Sorry. Sorry. I had to. Um, swipe left. I hate winter. And every time 
um, we hit winter New York, I always think to myself, why do I continue to subject myself to this year after year after yeah. year? And it keeps happening. Yeah. It and does it keeps keep happening. happening. What's going on? I thought we did it a couple of times. How it was over. And like, it. I know it's not new, but it feels new. Every year it's worse. <laughs> I, know. I know because it's like we are, we're so adaptable and so able to like forget what pain feels like. Right? <laughs> Truly, yeah, there's not nothing, there's not nothing that ha- makes me hate white people more than winter. Because uh, my people are supposed to be sitting up in West Africa, wearing flip-flops, being warm, and on in cocoa butter on the beach. So <laughs> that's where I'm supposed to be. Thank you. Oh, and oh my God, yes. Uh, literally on the subway here, I, I sent them a picture. There was, to be fair, a very handsome, very tall white man wearing shorts on the subway. It is 40 degrees. I was like, I can't. I was like, Joe, explain your people. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe. Well, you see in Norway. <laughs> that was, was that your impression of yourself? Yes. <laughs> Correct. It was. Eat yeah, pickled shark. Just wanted to clock that. Swipe right, swipe left. Dating people in other boroughs. Mm. Ooh. I, I love Left. Someone Tommy in the audience left to the left. Swipe left. To the left. To the left. Tommy yeah. loves people being as far away as possible. Yeah, I love being unavailable. So, like, <laughs> swipe right on that. Yes, 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 yeah. The more it's like a long-distance relationship, the better. Yeah. You know? I, oh. you know, there was a time a while back where I was having sex with someone who uh, was living in Long Island and another person who was living in Harlem. And I was basically in two long-distance relationships. <laughs> That's... Yeah, no, that's, it's that's completely irrelevant for me because we move in in two weeks and then we live in the same place. Fully, yeah. Fu- yeah. I mean, really, you should do sponsored content for U-Haul. Yes, on your social media. <laughs> um, I my first real like serious my second serious relationship in New York. I was living here and the guy was living in Astoria. And I just remember, like, I have a thing. I don't like to poop in my boyfriend's, like, apartment. <laughs> so I would, like, Love come it. back to park, smoke from Astoria to poop, Love and it, then go to work. People. And that was a mess. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Same borough. A same have, borough lifestyle. Have you guys seen that meme of the girl who leaves a voicemail on her sister? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. There's this meme, and she's leaving a voicemail, and she's like... <laughs> She's like, I pooed in the toilet and um, it was clogged. And so I took the poo out and I put it in a cat's litter box. And my, <laughs> and then my boyfriend asked if I pooed in the litter box. And I said no. And then he said his cat has been dead for weeks. Can you please pick me up? Her voice sounded mean. like that. No, you would be you got it. That would was be pitch mean. perfect. Wow, my was. first question, though, was like, how come you don't know your boyfriend's cat has been dead? But <laughs> <laughs> I guess they don't have a great communication That's style. That's so true. That's so true. Because she, she couldn't just tell him I took a shit, and he couldn't tell her my cat is dead. Correct. Now we're in the middle of a sitcom plot line. Yes. <laughs> um, I just have to say that, like, high key, part of my deep and abiding love for Tracy Ellis Ross is that oh. in Girlfriends, there is an episode where her character, Joan Clayton, will not poop at her boyfriend's apartment. And when I saw this, I was like, I feel deeply seen. Mm. I feel deeply seen. My whole body is a fart no, noise. Joe so fucking shits everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> swipe right next swipe right swipe left uh the walk of shame after halloween <laughs> oh! Oh! did you add this to that? i did i put yeah. this on there because it is like one of the greatest like po- popcorn meme things ever because like just sitting outside and watching all of the people walk by in their harried That's costumes great. with their like with their makeup, makeup running yeah, yeah, yeah. is it as good though as the walk of shame after santa con <laughs> oh 
all those people are covered in vomit. So I know. Well, I have seen many a puking Santa. Yeah. It is really, it's mm. cute. It's mm. cute. That'll love New York. Love the city. Love the culture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love a walk love of the shame. people. Um, Stand puking, yeah. Swipe right, swipe left. Broadway gaze. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. <laughs> At least one person who enjoys their company. Um, They're annoying as fuck, but fun to fuck. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think that a lot of my problem with like Broadway gays is more just like I'm like, do you consume any other kind of entertainment? Like that's no, my thing. I was like, no. Do you read books? Do you watch movies? And then like, if you have, if you consume other things, then I'm like, it's fine. Mm. Theater is wonderful. Mm. I don't mind that Broadway paycheck though. So oh, oh they get good I, pensions I, too. I, I, I will swipe. I will swipe right. When they I come, do they do right. jazz <laughs> they can sit on your dick in a split. Oh my god. Sit yeah, on but... your dick in a split. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to turn. <laughs> I used uh, to be able to do that. Swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> Asymmetrical Brooklyn haircut. I had one for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, right this now. is the asymmetrical do, but I mean, literally having the haircut. I mean, it was like 2006, so it was better than like that four to five years where all of Williamsburg was wearing that neo-Nazi cut. You know what I mean? Oh. That was like very. Involved. I mean, that's still in many places. Oh, <laughs> but they were wearing headbands back then among yeah. Nazis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Right, I right, think, right. Well, I feel like among a lot of gays, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't mind the asymmetrical look. I think it's kind of cute. I love it because, like as that. we all know, I love dating someone who looks unemployable. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things. I love asymmetry. Yeah. <laughs> You're deeply identified. <laughs> unemployable, malnourished. <laughs> Give me a it's man true. who has nothing. Face Just, tattoos. Yeah. We agree about that. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. uh, Post Malone. Kind of hot. Demi Lovato's new Mine is Little Wayne. My oh, <laughs> kind of hot. Machine yeah. Gun Kelly? No. Is that is that kind of what you're going for? Swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> Trash. Uh, smells. <laughs> oh, oh. Just smells in New York. All the way left. New York I mean, the, is, is it, the funkiest city it, it really, on the planet. You know, here's it is the, disgusting. Here's the shit about it: is that it will smell like shit and then like cupcakes. Mm. Block to block, mm. you know what I mean? Or True. just like, like Eileen Miles wrote, I think it was in Cool for You, was she was talking about like the subway alternately smelling like shit or like bleach, yeah. too. And I deeply, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't like is, either is one. Is anyone here from Chicago? No. Okay, I good. So I, I can. I feel like Chicago always talks about how it doesn't smell because they have alleys. And really, if alleys is the best thing you have going for your city. It's like not that exciting. To this me. is so, how Joe gets canceled because people from Chicago stand Chicago. They, they really do, do. So but much. they talk a lot about the alleys. So I swipe right on the smells because it comes with a city that is no. like not in the Midwest. Right. Being in LA, it is a funny thing to be like walking with friends, and I'm like, is that fresh, is fresh rosemary? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's what's wrong? Like, it's a lemon tree. Like, it's literally. Air. <laughs> well, it's because like, it's like the smell of air is foreign to me. And yeah. any si- well, the thing is, like in New York, you put your trash on the street. Yeah, and yeah. it just you gets don't funky. do that. In LA, and so you, you put them in bins. And yeah. on the street, you also pee and poo and fart and puke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do. You do. Me especially. I had my very first especially. experience peeing on the street in New York City, and I was like. 
So European. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> Finally, swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> Moving to Los Angeles. Ooh. <laughs> I think the audience is answering. What do you say, Joe? Oh, what do you yeah. say, Joe? I, um, I'm just trying to live that bi-coastal life. Like, it would yeah. be hard for me to okay. leave New York, to be honest with you. New me York too. has a I vibrancy know. and an energy that I love. Also, just my chosen family is here to be yeah. smarmy for a moment. Like, everyone that I love Ooh. has chosen this city as their most important place to make community. That's actually so true, true. because it's our true. friend of friend of the pod angel nafis was was telling me she was like you know like the best people on the planet live in new york city it's the center of the universe it's superior to los angeles in every way it just so happens to also be a literal garbage can mm-hmm. yeah. uh and that is yeah. the reality i know i miss it so much to be honest with you because mm-hmm. what i realized is like new york is a place that taught me how to be an adult yeah you know yeah. i was here for like 15 years i learned how to be loud i learned how to not wait in lines i learned how to get what i needed you know what i mean yep. you go to los angeles yeah. and this is the metaphor that i always tell people in New York, or no, okay, in Los Angeles, here's what it is. Uh, if you're at a cafe, if you're at a bar, if you're at a restaurant, and you see somebody uh, standing near a bathroom door, people will just tend to get behind that person without knowing whether or not they're in line for anything. Mm, true. This is very West Coast, yeah. Yes. And not disturb <laughs> anything, but just assume that's the bathroom line. Yeah. In New York, you walk up to the thing, you're like, you in line for the bathroom? All right, good. You know, and so when I go to LA and I ask somebody, "Are you in line for the bathroom?" They look at me like I'm a literal monster. And yeah. Like, how dare you raise your voice to me in That's this cafe in front of me in my blueberry scone? That's, That's probably be- because I- you like walk up and you're like, "Are you in the line for the bathroom, you ugly whore?" <laughs> But as a person Tommy's had a crush on for three years. Which is a sign of love in New York City. This is the thing. I I will say that any little bit of toughness that I have, um, (laughs) any little tiny bit... It has taken from my adulthood in New York. This is where I've come of age. This is where I've learned how to like be an adult, pay a bill on time, like ask for what I want and need, and like be assertive about it. And I appreciate that. But the last time that we were in LA, y'all, I woke up happy. <laughs> I woke up. Happy. I don't know her. I didn't have to talk no, myself I don't know into it. Like. I didn't need to get an You're artisanal like, cup of coffee to feel it. I didn't have to drink my way into it. I was just happy. Yeah, it's and the it's sun. the sun. Yes. And again, my people anyway. were meant to be baking <laughs> under the rays. So I would like to get to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Swipe right. <laughs> Two hours in traffic. <laughs> that, yeah, well, that's the thing. Cha-ching. Get out your coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny for your thoughts. Yes, everybody. So this is the segment wherein four very trash people give you advice that you should absolutely not take. We were fucking overwhelmed with the questions today. We've never had such good questions. So this many is, good ones. This so is why New York ones. is amazing. Some of these were like a, a doctor. The answer is cheats, by the way. Unbelievable. Uh, we're going to start light. We're going to move. We're, is it lightning round? Two minutes max per answer. All right. Okay. What sex toys do you recommend for partner play? A nice Ooh. pillow because I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Seconded. <laughs> No, no comment. <laughs> Dennis? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you two really quickly. First, I have fallen in love with a vibrating butt plug. I think that's super <gasps> fun. Yeah. No, that's Is great. it that's that kind that somebody fun. else controls? So I was going to say that. Okay. So if, so, you, if you have oh, a partner, sorry. you can have a butt plug that they control with an app on their phone. I, yes. have, I have a remote control one, but it, it has like a cord. It's not cordless. It stayed in the 90s. That's so inelegant <laughs> yeah. for you. It's like a very old, like... Prostate vibrator, but cobwebs. No. Yeah, your, your tin can over here. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
<laughs> no, what I really recommend, I wish I had one that was vibrating, but I have a plug that has a, a ring on the end. So you, you know, you use yes. your finger to pull mm -hmm. it in and out. Oh yeah, that's fun. That's, that that's my bit. And it's like too. ribbed. That's also how one you tie shoes, a, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> one time I had a partner ask me to do that and I was like, mm, that feels too much like topping for me. But the other thing I was gonna say really quickly, <laughs> It's literally true. The other thing I'll say really quickly, and this is not a toy, but I have learned I really, really enjoy coconut oil as lube in yep. condomless sex. It okay. is phenomenal. It's not condom friendly. It's not, not condom friendly. So but if you you're having condomless condom. sex, okay, Joe, the only great. person qualified to answer this question, what would you say? Um, I would say that Doctor? Doctor. Obviously, <laughs> since you're asking this question, what sex toys are recommended for partner play? You're both bottoms, and therefore should get a double-ended dildo, which is the most fun partner play toy of all time. I have yet to try, but it I, is, I have yet to try. I will get in there. It's just like you're actually, like you're to. topping with your bottom. It it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> yeah, and that, <laughs> that mind blown emoji. 101. Yeah. Okay. 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 I Next up, I'm dating a guy who's a Gemini sun. Boo. And a Scorpio moon. Double boo. How far do I run? All right. All right. All right. All right. Run to the we, dick boo because the sex is going to be great. We are going to defer to a friend of the pod, Channy Nicholas, who says it is so elitist and stupid and hateful to like sun sign shame. And you're not dealing with your own shit if you're doing so. So like, don't do that. Just get to know them and then run. Then run. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and then By the way, run. Channy Nicholas has a book out today. It's called You Were Born For This. And it's so good. By yes. the book. I mean, it's sold out love, on Amazon, but like, you know. Find it. Get yeah. it some other place. Go back and listen to our show with her. It's really, really good. Okay, 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 okay. Next up, Tommy, you might... Uh, this might really disturb Tommy. What is the furthest distance you've carried a load in your ass? One time I got... I'm not a huge fan of morning sex because I'm not a huge fan of sex that is sober and in daylight. <laughs> um, but one time I had... The, I, like, got my brains, like fucked out at like at like you know eight o'clock in the morning before I had to take a train to Jacob Reese and so oh. I and I was late for the train so like got my brains fucked out then re like was running to the train and then made my made it as far as I, I live in Brooklyn it's about a 20 minute train ride I made it as far as as Barclays Center <gasps> until I was like oh, oh. <laughs> You were like, I've got to... Let me tell you, there was a pair of underwear that was left in the bathroom in the Atlantic Barclays Center. <laughs> and it went upon my, my merry way without underwear. So, and it was great. It was you know, it can... That no underwear life can be fun. So I... This is like maybe a little embarrassing. I don't know. Oh. But one time, I got my brains fucked out when I was living in this neighborhood. And at the time I was working in Harlem and I was running late as well. Anyone who's ever worked with me knows, knows that that's just like the way I live my life. And I fully like went, like went to my office, fully expected to like take my like morning shit there. Cause mm. they had a really nice bathroom, which nope. I love. Loved that. And Loved then that. shit got really busy and I didn't even go to the bathroom <gasps> until 6 PM that night. Oh so my. whatever mileage that is plus like seven hours, like a seven hour work wow. day. Well, okay. I, Tommy, I, I and, but I was fine. My underwear was fine. I have crossed state lines. Okay. Next up, wow. my boyfriend and I haven't properly fucked in one point five years amazing amazing, oh, wow. amazing we've been together for 3.5 years Ugh. what should i do 
Signed a greedy bottom. Ooh, hold on oh. for dear life, because I don't want to be fucking. That's just me. Tommy's like, that sounds great. It's like, oh, I could put in two years of fucking, and now we don't have to do it anymore. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah, it depends on on what your needs are. Because this person signed a greedy bottom. Yeah. So they know what they want. Yeah, yeah. I would intuit. You know, you're you are compromising your own needs for this person. Mm-hmm. What what are they compromising? You know what I mean? And I also think that this person is maybe failing to acknowledge or, or reckon with the fact that like sexual compatibility is an essential part of a relationship. It can be. It, it's if, not if, for if, everyone. Right, unless, unless that's not important to you in the case of Tommy. <laughs> but it is important. It is, is important like to this rent? Are um, we splitting rent? Yes. That's all I need to know. If you are not okay. sexually compatible, <laughs> if you're not sexually compatible, you're not meant to be. That said, you should talk to this person. Yeah, I think advice from the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, what is missing here is a conversation, right? Because... I so I'm a person that I found this out sort of by trial and error. I actually do need to have my most of my sexual needs met by my primary partner. That's not everybody, but what it seems to me it's missing in this relationship is the ability to be like, "Hey, there's something off." And like, "These mm-hmm. are my needs and here's what's being met and here's what's yeah. not." And can we figure out a way where I get my needs met and we maintain the relationship? That can either be us having sex or me having sex outside of the relationship. Mm. Like, what are we comfortable with? Mm -hmm. And I think if that conversation is impossible or doesn't go well, that's a sign that there's something really wrong. Right, Right. because why aren't you having the conversation? Because you're anticipating the answer is going to break you up, right? Exactly. So it's the fear of the conversation. And, like, I spend a lot of time in therapy dealing with my ability, my need to do that. Like, my avoiding having conversations that I was afraid would break me up with partners. And it actually just leads to more years of misery, Mm. not just because you're not going to be having sex in those years, but because you're going to be investing more and more time in a person who is never capable of meeting you where you're at and meeting your needs. Also, you don't know until you go there. Like let's say you you expect that you you know where the conversation is going to end. But then once you have it, sometimes something beautiful can happen, which is something unexpected and somebody shows up for you. Yeah, oh, we, they're like, please go get plowed by everyone in Brooklyn. Yeah. And that's like fine. They, you, we fear that conversation so much, yeah. but it's it's really like ripping off a band-aid. I have one really quick note as well that I would add, which is just that like upon second, like listening up to the question, like they're saying that they haven't been properly fucked in one and a half years, but that means then that for two years they were being properly right? fucked. Yeah. So it's really, really important to note that change in the conversation mm-hmm. to be like, are we both aware that what this happened? has changed? Mm-hmm. And if so, how do we deal with that? It's not just like, oh, I'm not satisfied. It's at one point I was satisfied mm-hmm. and now I'm not. And I think that's a, that's a very subtle difference. conversation in a positive way too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hope we helped. Okay, next up. Would you rather have a child who is funny <laughs> or a child who is hot? Oh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some of us Who did to this? People. Stand up and identify yourself. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but in both cases, I would abandon the child. <laughs> there is no realm wherein I could deal with either of those of those things. <laughs> you have true. better I, be significantly less cool than me. I don't see, yeah, I don't see your like narcissism and, and like allowing for you to have a child that outshines you in that way. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, yeah. In what world am I having a child? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I. I that I don't know. I think I often think that funny is hot and hot is funny and a lot of times mm, like too, that actually. makes it happen. So that would be very challenging. I just want a child who appreciates a good gin martini for mama. Like <laughs> <that's what I laughs> who knows at five knows the ratio. Mm-hmm. I I mean and also, you know, the the real question is how hot? How hot? <laughs> 
right? Because like if he's if he's like really hot, like I, I'm just like I, I can't do it. I can't stand next to that every day. All they I want. would be devastated. All I children want supposed is... to be hotter than you though. Like Where once they reach is hot this age? line of discussion going? Like, <laughs> all like I want that. in the life is a child who is hot. I just don't want to be compared. Let's not talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we have two left. Next up, can I show my face in my nudes? (laughs) I get. I mean, fun fact: I don't take nudes. Period. I can't show my anything in my nudes because I'm covered in tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, And I and I also I'm a public figure. I can't I can't show my nudes because I'm always covered in clothes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know. I, I want to be a senator one day. So, I mean, that's the joke I always crack, but like, it's not. I'm always just like, I don't send nudes. It's that simple. Uh, do you show your face in nudes? I do. Because you send nudes to the group chat when nobody asks for them. They're literally non consensually. No, but not. I have lit on multiple, like, not just nudes, sometimes videos. You asked for them, Dennis. No, I, I literally <laughs> said, do not send this to me. Do not. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, see it. Dennis is like, do not send me a video that is 100, like, one minute and 20 seconds in length where you say to me, fist me, daddy, I or whatever. Don't, no, no. That is no, all. Joe, that, that's Joe, Joe's white privilege. I, that, you <laughs> cannot. That's Joe, that is. Joe is out here not just like it taking is. nudes with his face in them, but he's taking nudes with his face in them and then like sending them to the Washington Post. Correct. <laughs> Will someone leak them my nudes? Someone leak there, my nudes. There I are at least four people in the audience with my nudes, and if you would leak them right now, I would appreciate <laughs> Plus everybody it. on stage. <laughs> Plus everybody on stage. Uh, no, to be to answer honestly, I don't know. It's a, it's a personal thing I think for everyone. Yeah. I for me, I'm a you know I'm a educator so it is risky ah. to put my my face and my tattoos and, and my yet you're on this show uh, <laughs> i'm on this show you don't want to be sexy teacher I don't know, to get in you know, to, <laughs> to sort of um preview our conversation about joy there's a thing that's joyful about being found sexy to me and i kind of oh, yeah. i want that in my life and so it's worth the risk to not censor myself in terms of the joy that I find in sharing my body and sexuality with people who I'm mutually attracted to. Okay, next. That wait. That said, it's very important that you never let anyone pressure you into doing anything yes, when it comes yes, to yes, your yes, nudes. Yes, yes. If they ask you mm-hmm. for face pics, you can just be like, no. If they ask you for nudes, period, you could be like, actually, don't do that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. you need to know your own boundaries and men on the internet are thirsty. You know what mm. I mean? Like they just they will not take no for an answer and it's gross. Yeah. So be the no. I've only just started no, sending that. Be the no. Be the no. You want to know in the world. I want that bumper. That's your 2020. Yeah, that's your slogan. You're Sorry, getting... I'm fully plagiarizing no. Gandhi, but you know. <laughs> I've only just started sending them to people that I'm actually like seeing and seeing for a few months and like people who are sexual partners and sort of people I'm dating. I For years, I was just like, no, I worked with young people. I was like, that's not a thing that's going to happen. But I'm beginning to be more comfortable with it. And there is something fun, I will say, in sending it and getting that reaction that, that they mm-hmm. that they have so mm-hmm. i don't know but i don't include my face all right all right thank you so much for your, all your amazing fucking yes questions. thank you so much we're gonna be taking a lot of these on the road because the, the questions were so, were really good. so juicy. good thank you thank you thank you this message comes from iheart radio sponsor mercury insurance if you're looking to save some money you should really think about getting a quote from mercury because californians save an average of 677 dollars with mercury It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. 
I think it's time we get to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And to sling our meat this week, I hate you, (laughs) Tommy. So, uh, news update. Uh, We are on the brink of war. Uh, The continent of Australia is literally on fire. Our president was impeached, but, like, will not be removed from office anytime soon. And in the interim, we'll probably, like, do everything in his power to, like, literally burn this country to the ground. So, like... It's kind of hard to find. NBD. NBD. It's NBD. kind of hard to find, like, joy in our everyday, which just so happens to be the topic that we chose way ahead of time before all this news broke Absolutely, out. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. yeah, and so we were like, how do we discuss joy in this cultural climate? And, yeah, you know, when I first thought about joy as a topic, um, particularly, particularly, like, joy in the face of adversity, if we're framing it that way, I immediately thought about one of my favorite books of all time, The Joy of Gay Sex. <laughs> Has anybody ever read that book before by any chance? It's like amazing. Ew, books. (laughs) How dare. (laughs) Um, It is like a book that like shook me awake when I was like coming just fresh out of the closet. It's a extremely illustrated. Wait, you were in the closet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just came out of the womb like, work, sis. (laughs) Um, But, but, you know, it it was, it's a, it's kind of a, you know, not dirty book, but it's very um, instructive, let's say, with lots of illustrations. And um, uh, when I first came into contact with this book, I remember being like deeply ashamed. And I was like, I I, like Mm. literally, like I found it in a book pile and like hid it in my backpack Mm. and like took it home and like didn't let anyone see it. Um, Such but, a pivotal uh, uh, gay uh, uh, crucible is the shame one, right? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it is actually that. But, then, you know, the, when the book came out in 1997, uh, it was just like four years after like homosexuality had been like decriminalized. Do you know what I mean? And it faced obviously a lot of, you know, uh, hurdles when it was entering into the publishing industry. So like editors were like not into the sections that were about like, you know, shit play and ball torture. It's, it has everything in it. Mm. Yeah, there was even like, you know, a crown publisher that was like, um, why do we keep using the word cock? Can't we call it a penis instead? Which I think <laughs> is like so funny. Um, when the book was translated into French, it was shipped to Paris and like seized at the border and then they were <gasps> shredded. When it was sent to yes. Britain, the Queen's customs literally burned the books. Thousands mm. of copies of The Joy of Gay Sex were burned. To, to keep custom. warm in the wintertime. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, there, and there was even like, um, uh, and it, I was reading a lot about the history of this book, and there was even an instance where like, a woman in like um, French Canada went to go to her local bookstore to pick up a, a copy of The Joy of Cooking. And she accidentally... Which I also love. Um, anyways, she fully took home a copy of The Joy of Gay Sex, mistaking it for The Joy of Cooking. How? Opened it up to the part where it's just like, this is how you get dicked down. Like, <laughs> you know, she like w- uh, opened up to like the section that was like F for like frittata. <laughs> but it was like F and like... Face fuck! <laughs> Fisting! Um, and so, and, and she literally opened the book and called the police. <laughs> She jade-telephoned all the police? What is going on? So even even when the book was republished in the 90s in direct direct response to the AIDS crisis in Mm. the hope to educate um, queer people about (laughs) gay... Oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm fine. In the hope to educate queer people about, you know, safe sex, um, the the editors, the literal editors of the book were like, um, like why would we produce a book that is literally killing gay men? Like, as in sex is killing gay men. All that is to say... It is just so wild how 
um, threatened uh, a, a mass of people are by something that is simply just joy. Yeah. Something that consensual is consensual joy. Consensual joy. Yes. That simply pleasure, euphoria, and how my reaction to the book the very first time I saw it was a version of the same thing. Hmm. Horror. Like, what do hmm. I do with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I should burn it. Uh, hmm. And so I guess, you know, that's, you know, a starter to the conversation. But like, to start it out with a little a lighter of a conversation, how do we define joy? How do you define joy personally as opposed to happiness or pleasure or any other variants of the word? I actually honestly literally have no idea. I was thinking about this like, oh, okay, joy, satisfaction, joy, happiness. Is there something um, pure and fleeting about this? This, Can joy be long-lasting? Yes, fleeting. Yes, poet. But like... um, but like I so re- talk about shit talk LA for a little bit. I, I had a date with somebody and he was talking about happiness and he was just like, "I'm just so happy all the time, aren't you?" And I was like, "The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> happy? How dare?" Like honestly, like what I love about New York is that we have all mutually agreed to existential sadness. <laughs> like it's, it's just it's just like Correct. everything is horrible and we're miserable. But we're getting through it together and we're gonna tell a fucking joke in the meantime. Like yeah. toughen up. And so I was like, in LA, are they? actually happy or are they dumb or are they in denial you know like what is it i just kept looking at people like that and that's why dating there has been so weird because like people are committed to this lie of happiness all the time (laughs) (laughs) it's so interesting that you open the conversation fran with the joy of gay sex i was actually gifted that book by someone who didn't know I was bisexual at the time because I was dating a woman. He thought I was closeted. Uh, And and he, like, would slide things into my bag that he thought that (gasps) I needed to see. Whereas Uh, I had been, like, fully, you know... I've been that person. ...plowed by my girlfriend the night before, and I knew about these things. But I actually loved The Joy of Gay (laughs) Sex. And my favorite thing about The Joy of Gay Sex was... That yes, there's all of this stuff that's super explicit. Okay, mm-hmm. I love that. If you if you haven't read the book, I feel like in the internet it feels outdated because if you have any fetish, you can type it, it into a, the, the Google yeah, and you yeah. get like a it's literally Google as a book. But yeah. back, back then it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, and there was a section in the Joy of Gay Sex that was like. What if your partner can't come with you? Like mm. he can come on his own, but he can't come with mm. you. What do you do? It's like go uh, to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but that felt so like intimate and joyful to me. Mm. Like coaching people through a lot of gay people have trauma mm. that leads them mm. not to be able to come with someone they're emotionally attached to. And how do we actually get over that? Mm. And I was just like, how lovely that there is this book, this resource that sort of gives us the opportunity, yes, to have slutty gay sex and and also slutty gay sex with people that we're emotionally attached to. Um, and I kind of the, the word joy in this book. Uh, it makes me think a lot about the difference between joy and pleasure because we talk about sex as being pleasurable and embodied. And joy to me, I think one of the key definitions of joy is that I feel it in my body, mm-hmm. right? It is in like, it's in my flesh. It tingles. Uh, it's happy. It's like, it's like ugh, so corny. It's like, you know, when you're getting a late afternoon winter sun ray and it's just like, oh, I feel warm and I don't feel warm that often. I think you have the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, textbook Kate you're a doctor you should know this (laughs) but like that's different than like coming in someone in a bathhouse to me it's like it's it it just has a different tone to it and I don't really know how to put the words to that you know what this is that's like a great point to to go into like how like thinking about the erotic and thinking about Mm. you know the differences between this book which is sexually explicit versus and like pornography versus like things that just bring you 
this sensation that yeah. is mm-hmm. in fact spiritual. Um, I was like rereading um, Audre Lorde's The Uses of the Erotic, which is like an amazing, if you haven't read it, it's like the PDF is online. It's fa- fucking fa- fantastic. Um, but like her kind of relationship to the erotic and everything that comes with it is all about just a, a kind of spirituality. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that transcends pleasure and horniness mm-hmm. and transcends porn and transcends, you know, the, the physical feeling and goes into this higher up moment Mm. um she talks about how she says uh that deep and irreplaceable knowledge of my capacity for joy comes to demand from all of my life that it be lived within the knowledge that such satisfaction is possible Mm-hmm. And does not have to be called marriage or God or an afterlife, mm-hmm. which is uh, which are other forms of a spirituality. But she also talks a lot in that essay, and she also also talks a lot in that essay about the relationship between the erotic and capitalism, mm-hmm. and the erotic and work, and how you know capitalism will try to commodify your mm-hmm. minutes and hours, mm-hmm. whereas those of us who do creative work, you can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Creative work is, in its essence, erotic and is also, in its essence, joyful. Mm-hmm. And when we start thinking about it in terms of, you know, I'm sending this pitch out and that pitch out, I have this essay done, it's going to be $300 there and $500 there, which we need to do in order to pay mm-hmm. our fucking rent, mm-hmm. that is a way to strip the erotic and strip the joy from this thing that actually... At its foundation, the reason why we got into this in the first place is because we find that work joyful. Do we? <laughs> it's some of us I, do. It's hard. Some of us I, do. I feel so suspicious of joy and happiness, to be honest mm. with you. I got to say, though, honestly, because I just anticipate the grief. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me not to do that. I'm just going to be like fully real right now that like it's hard for me to give myself over to the feeling because I'm always anticipating the feeling being taken away. And it's like, you're not yeah. going to get one over on me. So I'm just going to be a bitter bitch for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I don't want to live that way. I'm doing better. Um, so I've tried to think about the things that specifically for this show and then in general for my life, like the things that bring me joy. And I started thinking about this show in general. And I was like, what brings me joy about these people? Um, I enjoy, I find joy, I enjoy cyberbullying Joe on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I enjoy right, right. when he takes that to our producer as if she's going to do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Alex, but you know that spectacle is better than shutting it down. She just and then retweets I love, it. Yeah, she yeah, and just I love the people online who get behind that. I love the fact that Dennis discovers something every month that everyone else has known about for the, their entire life. Oh, like, that is very joyful. Two weeks ago, Dennis discovered... Americanos. Americanos. (laughs) Like, within the past year, Dennis has discovered rideshare apps, Airbnb. Uh, There was, like, last month, he was like, oh, my God, have you guys heard this song called Motivation by Normani? (laughs) Meanwhile, three months previous to that, that's literally all we could talk about on the group chat. You know what I mean? And then there's, like... When when Dennis realized that Lululemon was a store and not a Pokemon, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> so accurate. So, but like, and then there's so like accurate. things that bring me joy about Fran, like the oh, fact no. that Fran oh, always no. talks about having no butt brings me so much joy. You know what oh I mean? My like God, like, like Fran, I, and I know this is an old joke, but Fran not knowing who Sade was. That's like, not a thing. <laughs> And bring oh, it so that later. joke is six years old. I know. I was like, that's our goddess of love. How do you not know who this person is? 
Uh, Can I just say Dennis discovering Americanos was so pure. It was so pure. <laughs> in the group chat. They were like, "You guys, have you, you heard guys, of I just discovered Americanos. Aren't have they you heard of them? But I, but but they're but, so good though. They're so but, good. But to be more like earnest on it, like I, I like what's one of the things that about Dennis that brings me joy is that Dennis will walk into any room and be like, "I know everyone here wants to fuck me," that and I'm just true. like, "I want that energy." That like I love. Like I, I, I get so much joy by and like in if this you're dress. <laughs> but like, let's say with you're, these shoes and legs. Let's say like you're being self-deprecating in front of Fran. Like let's say you're hating on yourself, and Fran will just be like, "Stop talking shit about my friends." You know what I mean? Like I love, I love the fact that like Joe is like the most ethical person ever. You it's know what I mean? Like these, disturbing. It's, it's exhausting, is what it is. So like it's exhausting. You know, joy high and low, and I was like, I actually do find joy in this horrible thing that we do together. <laughs> yes. Well, I love how you roasted us and then flipped it and reversed it. Like, <laughs> welcome is to my Tommy personality. Verse. Yeah. This is, but honestly, like that's res humor. Like yeah. you know, like if you if somebody loves you on the res, they can tear you down, but you know it's all love. They can, and they can yeah. bring you back up. That's the other thing because you okay. So you talk about joy specifically in relation to the the ugly things that go on inside the the things that harbor your everyday mental processes all that jazz you know i'm thinking about audrey lord's text and that whole essay you know so much of what of her relationship to just naming things as erotic and getting intent getting mm -hmm. in touch with the the illumination of those those feelings is so much a unconscious process of replacing that self-deprecating kind of thing, that suffering, that numbness, that oppression. Um, she sees these things as, you know, swapping, swapping them out, mm -hmm. which I think is wonderful. And like, you know, before we talk about it more, I don't want to co-opt the text. The text is like written specifically for like women, uh, specifically women of color and how they get in touch with like the erotic and like what, what it has to do with every day. But I love that, you know, because queer and marginalized people are so often filled with resignation, uh, depression, denial, despair, especially in all the things that I mentioned earlier about what's going on in this country right now, that just simply naming things mm -hmm. as erotic or joyful, mm -hmm. but why not? Why, why shouldn't it be erotic? Yeah. It's kind of wonderful. And, and like, then there's a kind of joy, like, I remember when my book came out and it was just like around the election and I was, I went to my dad and I was like, can I feel good about this accomplishment? Because mm -hmm. I feel like being, having joy right now or having an, a feeling of accomplishment is mm -hmm. like, um, is, is not doing right by the current moment. And my daddy, and he's like, he's been a tribal chairman since before I was born. And he was just like, that's white supremacy winning. <laughs> like, honestly, like if you can, mm -hmm. if you get robbed from your joy and your accomplishment he was like listen like 1492 that's when shit went south for us so it's like we kind of have always been in the apocalypse so find joy where you can and i was like i will never question that ever again yeah. thank that is you so chairman real. pico I, I, <laughs> I on that note about like i mean i would love to hear your thoughts on like whether or not we deserve joy in the face of turmoil and trauma but like but like when i think about that question i get a lot of dms or even like when i'm on panels i'll get a, a question at the talk back that's always framed irl in such a way. dms yes uh, <laughs> a question to talk about that's like um i am a queer poc artist I don't know how to make art that is either about myself or about my trauma. How do I choose? Like, like, am I doing wrong by my trauma by choosing joy? Am I doing wrong by my joy by cho choosing trauma? Right, right, right. And I, and, I, I, and I always say to them, whoever they are, you know, the person who doesn't have to reckon with that question is a straight white cis man. Mm -hmm. So 
just keep that in mind and make the kind of art that you want to make rather than feeling shamed by everyone or no one. You know yeah. what I mean? Where's that voice well, coming from? And I think that sort of um, that sort of impulse that we often have, especially as marginalized artists, that our work has to say this or it has to say that is a pressure that's put upon us by society that like we don't need to necessarily put on ourselves. And the industry. Because, yeah. And the industries. Because our subject matter, first and foremost, is enough. And I, I like dealt with this very, very sort of in a very personal way, because when I started graduate school, I went to Sarah Lawrence, Sarah Lawrence Griffin's MFA. I love that place. Um, Give and- us more details. <laughs> um, I, I lo- I'm a shout out Sarah Lawrence. I love it. And Tommy's an alum of Sarah Lawrence too. So, so- they're, they're, um, uh, they're like, we're different and so are you or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, That, that spoke to me so on. deeply in high school. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I had a similar conversation with my dad, and I've never told any of you guys this, or maybe not Ooh, very many geez. people at all. But um, so my dad passed away my first semester in graduate school, and he just had this like he had this sort of freak um, situation with a heart surgery that was an outpatient thing that was supposed to be very easy. And so um, the night before he went in to have this procedure, uh, we were talking on the phone, and I was telling him some really kind, positive feedback that my professor had told me about my work because I was like a ball of anxiety and this short story that I was writing wasn't working out. And I was like, I don't like know what to do. I've made, I feel like I've made a mistake, but I'm so proud to be here and I'm so excited to be doing this. Um, And my teacher had said something very kind and I told my dad that, and he was really like proud of that moment. And that was the last conversation that we had because he went into the surgery the next day. And then the day after that, he um, had a stroke and was in a coma for a week and then he died. Anyway, um, but what he said to me was something very similar where he was like, I understand how hard this is that you're doing and how scary it is and how you are terrified of, of the fact that you've taken out loans to do this thing that you love that gives you joy. But also, like, you cannot let, um, you cannot let that get in the way of the joy of doing the work that you love. I was raised in a, in a home where both of my parents pursued careers that they loved and they were very fulfilled by them. And so they really encouraged me to do that. And... It, when I watched Brene Brown's special on Netflix a few months ago called The Call to Courage, I thought of this because I think it often relates to um, our lives in general, but also when we are doing creative work. And so she talked about joy. It was really about courage and, and, and what goes into being courageous and what goes into being brave and what that means. But she talked about joy as well. And she said... Um, And this is, if you end up watching it, it's at about 45 minutes in. She said, we are terrified to feel joy. We are so afraid that if we let ourselves feel joy, something will come along and rip it away from us. Mm -hmm. And we will get sucker punched by pain, trauma, and loss. So in the midst of great things, we literally dress, rehearse tragedy. Mm -hmm. And... That I don't was, know anything about you that. You don't know anything about that. And it's I so easy to do her. that. It's so easy to do that when you're dealing with, tra- with, with trauma, all kinds of trauma, whether it's personal trauma or societal trauma or trauma from being marginalized. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, that was my 20s. That was like my entire 20s because I, I think it was 24 when that happened and the rest of that decade was really um, recovering from that loss and some other things that happened in the life of me and my family. But I say all that to say that what joy has come to mean for me um, for a long time, it meant freedom, and it still does. The moments when I feel free to express myself and to be the person that I am on the inside and to show that to the world. But more than that, it feels like it, it is revolution in a way. It's revolutionary for me to claim um, that experience for myself, for me to claim that moment and, and to live in it and to let go of all of the fear and trauma that holds me back 
mm. sometimes from those moments as well. And I think that's a, a big part of it. And that's like the legacy of a trauma, mm-hmm. right? Is that it has the potential to rewire the things that make you feel it good does. and the things that make you feel bad. It mm. does. And so it's like, well, why do I deserve this thing that makes you feel good? And they just kind of like kind of uh, the circuitry kind of like the wires yeah. kind of get tangled into each other. And it's Damn. very easy to pull back from the possibility of joy because if you think about Tommy, you know, you were talking about the things that give you joy and what you mentioned was this podcast and all of us and it's a thing you make. And Don't then, quote me on and it. And then, and then <laughs> you've literally been recorded. This will be distributed to Allegedly. thousands of people. Allegedly. <laughs> but it's like when you invest in relationships, the only thing that's ever going to happen is that if you're in each other's lives for the length of each other's lives, one of you will die and the other one will mourn. Ooh, that is, you know, <laughs> giving yourself before. <laughs> giving yourself over to joy means accepting the fact of suffering mm-hmm. at, at, as, as an expense of that joy. Um, and then I also think about the ways in which um, we eroticize, particularly maybe as queer people, mm. we eroticize suffering in order to like relieve it of its power to mm. us. You know, we we turn pain into something. Or I don't know if you have any BDSM queens in the room, but like we give pain a place in our life and our joyful life mm. in order to understand <laughs> it and conceptualize it and strip it of its life um, life taking power. Uh, and I think that. For me, at least, that gives me the capacity to actually engage in relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, where I know, like, if we spend a lifetime together, that will be amazing. That's probably not likely. One of us will eventually mourn the other. And that's the fact of love. But that's the choice we make. That's the cost of joy. Yes. That's why I want somebody to just pull my hair and call me a dirty fucking slut. (laughs) (laughs) And there's joy in that freedom, though. There's joy in that freedom. I've just begun to kind of like kind of go there in some of my sex with with (laughs) partners and like just be a little more like really down and dirty yes, and let them go say all off. kinds of things. Go off her vanilla and, queen. Yeah, and the joy, <laughs> the joy in that, yeah, she's, she's in, in 2020, she's not going to be so vanilla. What do you oh. want the rock? She's still going to be a bottom, though, let's be clear. <laughs> what do you want the rock to do to you, Tommy? I want the rock <laughs> to put one hand, one fist up my ass, and then one fist, like, down my throat and, like, wear me like a muff, <laughs> like a turn of the century, like Russian aristocrats. Okay, I want The Rock to Munchausen by proxy me for decades and then drown me in a tub when I try to escape and then we become like the next like true crime podcast. Yeah. Uh, Joyful. Joyful. Fran, what do you want The Rock to do to you? (laughs) I just, one of my favorite teamsisms is I want The Rock to jump up and down on me like a trampoline until I'm literally ground meat. (laughs) Is what you said. That was one. This actually, this is a conversation about joy. You know, this is a great place. <laughs> because it is. This is, it is very funny that a new trope in like Twitter mm-hmm. humor and meme humor this is like is like destroy me, ha, like mm-hmm. destroy me, daddy has turned to like seesaw me with a fucking chainsaw, daddy. You know, there have been things pieces about until I face mask with my blood. <laughs> yeah, tell my entrails. Anyways, it's like the point. I'm really good at this game. <laughs> you are. You really are. Yeah. And, but my point is like it's it's bizarre, especially in what is a very apocalyptic time. Yeah. for us to take this grotesque. Um, this like grotesque, very disturbing, like violent fantasy 
and mm-hmm. transmogrify it into something that is eroticism. But then to the... I don't so, know if it's healthy. <laughs> no, I remember like somebody being I don't like... I know her. Like, uh, in my mentions being like, hey, Tease, will you uh, punch me in the face and spit on me? And I was like, no. But I <laughs> will write that down for later. <laughs> Oh, that's very uh, thank oh you so God. much. Thank you. You know, it, it was a joy to be here with you tonight. <laughs> was it? Was it? <laughs> was it? It was. I'm feeling full, but like I could put one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. <laughs> so we're going to end this with our dessert. And our dessert this week is Shits. Creek. Oh, the season premiere or the final season uh, is tonight. And we're here. And we love you. Yes. And we, yeah, we love and you we're queer. <laughs> and I, I love just, the pettiness of whoever said that. They'll be like, we chose you. You made remember a, that. You made a choice. Thank you. Um, I didn't. Will you wrap it up already? <laughs> um, I remember getting into it because my friend, my friend Roy, he knows me very well. And he was just like, get through it to the third season. There is an open mic episode that will make you sob ugly tears. The, and I was like, all right, whatever. I and I was like watching this. I love it. I love like um like a, a comedy with very low stakes. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like because oh, yeah. I, I could watch it all the time. Like if we're talking about what we can do in this like trash ass environment, like sometimes I don't want to be watching uncut gems. You know what I mean? Oh, like I don't want to watch something where like the drama's up at ten at all points in time. Oh, sometimes God. I want it to just be like people in fabulous outfits who like the worst thing that can happen is they're mean to each other. You know what I mean? Yes. So cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can no, we talk? There's death in that one. Yeah, they're can competing we... to die because it's awesome. They, anyway. oh Wait, yeah, that is a, that is a bizarre thing about cats. I mean, so I was not to go back. Not again, go back. I was very high, but like the the, the whole thing where they were like, "We want to die." Yeah. Like that was the conceit of the whole it's movie. Me. It's I fully did me. not understand that I... when I was twelve. I only figured that out when I read one of the reviews the, mm. in the last like month or two. I was like, yeah, "Oh, they're trying to." Well, when I, when I was twelve, and there was no plot, so like I don't know. I was just like, "The music is pretty." Is this or is this Camus? Like. <laughs> but going going back to something that will bring joy to your life, Shit's Creek. So anyway, Shit's Creek. Can we, can we talk you. about Moira Rose's yes. outfit? Oh, that is the white woman I aspire to be. All right? <laughs> oh, the only one? The only well, the one in first place. <laughs> That's what we'll say. The one in first place. I, I mean, everything down, every single look is completely, like, I feel like she, like, Stepped into like Alexander McQueen's closet and just stole everything there. Like it's ab- the, but the she clothes put all are the wrong clothes on the wrong <laughs> body. Part. But like yeah, that's exactly. why it works so well. And also like she doesn't ever seem to care about the fact that they're walking on all these like dirt roads and there's dust getting kicked up everywhere. I I just and I love all her. of her hundred thousand wigs. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the wig game. I mean, she got more wigs than Wendy Williams. Come on now, <laughs> is, we're ready. It is literally drag. Like it is incredible. And her her. <laughs> assessment of this character is, and I do not say this just as a turn of phrase, nothing I've ever seen before. You know what I mean? Like, it is just 
truly unidentifiable. <laughs> Where is her accent from? <laughs> everywhere. No one, yes, it is no one knows. The baby. <laughs> the baby. I think she was the going baby. for like something mid-Atlantic that then got shipwrecked. Like, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it definitely has the some Quebecois in it. it. You know what the I mean? The first time she watched like... it, I was like, I don't understand what she's saying, but like, I like to shop at that store. Like, I love <laughs> what that. Would you? It's great. On the note, also, yes. on the notion of Team's point with uh, Dan Levy and the, the other white oh. guy that he's in a relationship with. Um, the, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick, yes. I think that it's uh, what I love about what you named that that scene and also just about their relationship in general and something that Dan has identified in interviews about the show is that he loved conceiving of a gay relationship that was like truly so normalized that it was boring like that they're like banter the problems that they go through the like like little tips that they have are actually like truly like but now, yeah. Asinine, yeah, and like I just love that, like you know, like the the new the new phase of this like radical like queer representation is truly like queer mediocrity, like <laughs> a, a queer people just like sitting on a bench, like reading the newspaper. Friend, I'm sitting right know, here. <laughs> yeah. Getting coffee together, singing to each Except, other. Except like there was something so special and absolutely not mediocre of that boyfriend's performance of simply the best mm. that was so small cover, yeah. and tender and it wasn't overblown and it was because i think like that song is so bombastic and no. he like did the opposite version but that like works just differently so i thought i didn't even know i was listening to that song until it got to the chorus mm. and i was like yeah. oh fuck yeah. um but it but but i did and continue to Sob. Like, I just can't help. Crying is the... I'm crying. (laughs) Uh, Singing is the thing that gets me to cry the the Mm. fastest. And so there's something about a beautiful voice understated and distinctly rendered that will completely Mm -hmm. obliterate my emotional states. Wow, Teeps, everyone just witnessed you having a feeling. Uh, Everyone in this whole room. Allegedly. 250 people. I do feel like there's joy in that. And like going back to Joe's, Joe's sort of definition where it's a physical thing, which also like for me, when I experience joy... Um, I have a physical reaction to it. I think there's, that may not be the only thing that's going on, but there's something in that. And there's something so, so beautiful about that, that moment and its intimacy and the fact that it's publicly intimate and it's queer and publicly intimate. And all Moira does Mm -hmm. is she just puts her hand on Dan's shoulder for like a minute Mm -hmm. and then takes it away because they're not that intimate <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know they don't have yeah. a great uh, a parental relationship I mean, and rapport. but but i just love that like that's all he needed yeah was like that and that's all she needed to communicate that in that was moment it. was like one little hand on the shoulder and then i was just like <laughs> that's a, that's exactly how i am nice to joe yes. <laughs> True. Like, oh <laughs> and end feeling see you in 2021 it's, it's like one one-on-one text so saying k with a smiley face <laughs> that, that's fran's yes. version of support anyway but, but again like with Shicks creek and, and and with joy and with singing i mean that's why singing is so special to me because it's not only something that you experience in your ear it's also a vibration it is mm. also physical it is something that like shoots through the entirety of your body so you're hearing it in one level with your ear and you're hearing it on another level with your body and you're interpreting it with your little measly human feelings and that's why i love singing in that show so. <laughs> i love how this is just an excuse for you to talk about karaoke yeah, yeah. I think- all right so thank you so much
<laughs> Vocal control. Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producer is soft butch mom, stoner Alexandra De Palma. Fifth me, mom. Our production manager proves there's no laws when you're drinking claws, except <laughs> actually when you get an open container ticket on Cherry I- or Fire Elizabeth. Island. Elizabeth. Elizabeth <laughs> oh, so Our funny. social media manager is watching the morning show for the 69th time right now, Christina Tucker. <laughs> uh, subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes or Joe stops saying cummies. <laughs> no! Please! <laughs> Please rate and review. You also say cummies, cummies the most. <laughs> you brought it to us, T. I did. Cummies for life. Who said cummies for life? Don't. You cummies dare. for life. I'm Don't a fan. I like it. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got cummies in my tummy. No. I'm Tommy. Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs. H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on all relevant social media. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco on Venmo and Venmo only. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and Please. CoStar. Please stop adding me on CoStar. <laughs> this Fran, is private. Fran rejected my CoStar friendship. Did I actually? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was on I was on auto reject. It was mine. God, I haven't looked at CoStar in weeks. Um I should look. I'm Dennis Norris the second, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. Find us on Instagram at gay sluts who read or gay sluts whore ad, however you want to uh, interpret that one. Uh, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's main topic. <gasps> Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're talking about in our extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally send your questions thoughts concerns and dick Dick dicks to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always that's food the number four and thought spelled how t-h-o-t thank you for coming thank you thank you buy me a drink uh Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.